Well, good singing tonight. Let's take our Bibles with one another and we'll turn to the book of Psalm tonight. Got my biggest fan out there, Caleb. He's always cheering me on. So uh, that's, that's always nice when you got somebody cheering you on anyway. So Psalm 78, hymn number, or hymn number, uh, <laughs> Psalm chapter number 78, and we'll look together in verse number one. I've been studying through some of these Psalms of Asaph, and sometimes in Scripture, God highlights things as you're reading through and you catch them right away. Other times you read through and you don't catch them to go back through a couple times. Uh, I feel like that's often the case for me. But uh, Psalm 78, let's look together at verse number one. The word of God says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. It might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. Let's pray. Our heavenly gracious Father, I, I, we ask this evening that you would speak to our hearts. We pray that you would uh, give us understanding, give uh, me wisdom, I pray, Lord. May you give me the words to say, Lord, clear my mind of distractions, and may I say only what you'd have for me to say, and do only as you'd have for me to do. We pray and ask all this now in Jesus' name, amen. The Word of God tells us both in uh, verse number four as well as in verse number six, verse four says, we will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come. If you haven't marked that in your Bible, I'd encourage you to mark that. The generation to come. We see it again in verse 6 where the Word of God says that the generation to come might know them. I've entitled the message just that this evening, the generation to come. There is a coming generation after every generation. <laughs> we can always look down at the generation below us and understand that there is another generation under them. And for every generation of, of people, uh, the Bible tells us there are are those that turn to God and turn from God. The psalmist writes here, Asaph writes, uh, concerning this generation and uh, with, with this emphasis of this fact that uh, there is a generation that is to and should hear about God and know about God and should be growing in a knowledge of Christ. Do we agree with that tonight? Amen. That there is a generation in need of Christ. And I say to you, every generation needs Christ. And not just our generation, not just the generation below us, but the generation even which has yet to come. This psalm is a history psalm, as you would uh, see and notice that it's a, a psalm of 72 verses. We're not going to look at all 72 tonight, so don't get too worried. Uh, but uh, in the first beginning 10 verses, uh, Asaph uh, brings out this emphasis before really giving a brief walkthrough of history of the children of Israel in the remainder of the chapter. And he speaks of that generation, the generation 
uh, in each generation which is to hear and should hear about God. If you would turn with me to Deuteronomy, keep your finger in Psalm, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're talking about the generation to come. Uh, you know, we should never just think of our own generation. I want you to think about that for a second. Never just think of your own generation. It's easy to live the Christian life and only to think of the people that are your age, that are going through the same season of life that you are going through. That are, that it's easy to go through uh, the Christian life and only to think of the people who are the here and now. But it's the psalmist who writes and says, don't just think of the generation which you are in. Don't, truthfully, be so selfish to think in such a way, the psalmist writes. In Deuteronomy 6, we read concerning uh, God's commandments. And much of Deuteronomy 6 has been applied to the family. We'll find ourselves here a couple times tonight. But we'll look together first in the beginning verse, Deuteronomy 6 verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land, whether ye go to possess it. Now we know the, the books of the Pentateuch, those first five books of the Old Testament being written by Moses, and uh, as, as the very beginning from when God created all mankind, all of creation, and, and, a, and into the Exodus, and, or the flood, we should say, and then the Exodus, and, and uh, the, the books of the law as they're written concerning the law itself and all that God had given to uh, his people, all that God had given and commanded to the Jews. Uh, but in Deuteronomy 6, he speaks of these commands, these statutes, and as we come to the psalmist in Asaph, it was those things which his generation which even his father, as he speaks of, his fathers and the fathers before him, had not obeyed. It's unfortunate that you can read through all of Scripture, uh, particularly the Old Testament, especially when you get into First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. And what do you find is as a, a repeating thing, every single generation seems to be doing the very same thing their fathers did. And only but every now and again do you see a slight change to that. But in nearly every generation, there is a following in the steps of their fathers. Does that mean that there's no hope for every generation, that every generation is only going to get worse? We do, we do know that uh, sin will only wax worse and worse in the world in which we live today. But I say to you, there is still hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? There is still that hope that is given to us of God. But as we consider this generation, it is God's intent that every generation would come to a knowledge of Christ. And particularly that every generation would come to a knowledge and understanding of who God is. And how is it that we find God's revelation of himself? Well, it's through the very word of God. That God's word would be uh, uh, given, that God's word would be shared, that God's word would be preached in both, as well as taught to those who have never heard. In Psalm 119, verse 160, the word of God says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Uh, you know, one thing that can be said, while every generation uh, and, and uh, will change with time, everything in life truthfully changes in time, yet the word of God does not change. It will always remain the same. And one thing that can be said is as we seek to let the word of God be given to each generation, the word of God will always remain the same. It is that which never changes. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. You know, if God's word changed, then why are we even here tonight? Why do we even believe it? Why do we memorize it? Why do we even apply it to our heart? But we know as God promises us in his word that his word never changes. So it's true from the beginning. Uh, his judgments endure forever. Those righteous judgments 
You're still in Deuteronomy, I hope. Deuteronomy 6, verse 2, the word of God says, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. I want you to notice with me what the word of God says in chapter 6, verse 2. I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son. We're talking about three generations here, all right? The, 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 that generation to whom he was speaking to, their children and their children's children. We just said a moment ago, don't think about your own generation. It's as we read in Deuteronomy, it is, it is uh, commanded by God even to the people that they were not to think only of their generation, but of their children and of their children's children. And I encourage you uh, tonight, church, that as we consider the generation that we're in, don't forget about the, the few generations that, have, that come after you. Amen? Don't let them be cast off by the wayside in your mind, so to speak, uh, that, well, I can't reach them. I'm just beyond them. Well, they've so turned from God and they'll never, you know, they're so much further than I ever was in their generation and I could never, they, they could never uh, reach God to the capacity that I do or uh, I could never uh, have any form of outreach to them that would be effective. Uh, oh, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. The Word of God never changes. The Word of God changes lives. Amen? And if we believe that God's word changed our life, and we know that within our own heart, so we must believe that the word of God can change the lives of future generations. Amen? But when we seek to get the word of God out, we seek to share God's word with others. We're not just sharing it for that person and that person only, but with the intent that they would so understand and receive God's word that they would then teach their children and that then their children would teach their own children about God. Can I say to you, the unfortunate thing is, is when we consider the generations to come, we look at Christians within their generation who are not teaching their upcoming generation about God. Let me put it to you in, in maybe less profound words. <laughs> Parents aren't teaching their own children about God. The Sunday school teachers are hard to be found even in churches. Some churches, uh, 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 it's hard to be found a pastor within them, not to mention. Why? Because there is a generation that uh, is, has not gotten a hold of this very fact of what God tells us here, uh, that we are not to think of our own. Um, how many of you are second or third generation in your family? your second or third generation. Can I say to you, don't think of just your generation. Yes, God give, has given you children. Praise the Lord for that. But think about your children's children and then their children to come afterward. What you, catch, catch me when I say this, what you choose to invest in your children now will reap much benefit for what your children will choose to invest in their own children later on. What you, in other words, place as a priority now in your life and your children watch you placing that as a priority so they will seek to do the same for their own. Does that, does that, is that across the board the same in every single case? Absolutely not. But I would say for the large majority it is. It's unfortunate to say though, like as we're, as we're talking here tonight, there are some families, we've got second and third generation who don't take the word of God quite as seriously. I believe that there's much truth in the fact that 
you know, you have one generation, it's convictions, the next is beliefs, the third is opinions. Uh, you know, uh, no one ever really holds something so true and dear as the one who first began it, right? Uh, grandma takes it more seriously than mom, and then the children take it less seriously uh, than mom themselves, and then so on and so on. Uh, that's why it's uh, as to be to the goal of every believer, of every Christian, that we always take the high road. <laughs> we always take choose the best choice in the Christian life. Is Dr. Sexton in college who used to often say, uh, taking the high road is not choosing between uh, the good and the better, it's choosing the best. It's always choosing the best. Always making the choice to choose the best in our Christian life. There is a generation to come. The ge your generation, the following generations, is the word of God an emphasis? Is it the priority? Is obedience to God's word the main thing? Are you majoring on it? Are you, are you seeking to instill that into your children so that your children's children would do the same? Oh, that God's word would be given the, the emphasis that it should be given. We see it in society and in our world today that God's word becomes less and less. It's being pulled out of our schools, being pulled out of our, our pledge. It's being uh, in, in, in thought to be pulled out of many other areas. Our very heritage and foundation of which our country is built on and its Christian values is becoming so secondary, let alone even forgotten and not given any attention to. We're just talking about in our country. Can I say to you, all, all as we look into the past, Yes, there was a greater seriousness that was given to God, but that does not mean that this generation, that we today, cannot take the Word of God with the same kind of seriousness. Amen? Yes, there is a world that is waxing worse and worse, but we can't give up. And so it is the psalmist who writes, he says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline, turn your ear to hear the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will speak it to you in a way in which you can understand. As, as Jesus himself spoke, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, I'm telling you the stories with the intent that you would receive an eternal application. And he says, I will utter the dark sayings of old. I'm going to take you into the past. I'm going to tell you of the past, not so that we can live in the past, but so that we can learn from the past. Not so that we can say, oh, well, let's look at how they did it, and we can do it exactly how they did it. No, but so uh, that we can learn of who God was then and still is today, and we can learn of God's judgment then and the judgment that will still take place today. So what I want to bring to you, too, in this psalm is three different things that we should speak concerning or to the next generation. Three different things that we should speak of to the next generation. The first is of our history. Speak to the next generation of our history. It's the psalmist who uh, writes, I'm telling you of these dark sayings of old. You know, sin is, is not something to be proud of, but at the same time, the sin which God brings us out of is not something which we should keep hidden. Amen? God has given you an, a specific and uh, uh, um, a, a peculiar testimony that is different from everyone else, how you came to know Christ. And you may look at your past life and say, wow, look at all the sin which I've committed. Look at all the darkness we talked about this morning. Look at all the darkness that I had given myself into. I don't even want to think about that anymore. Well, tr that, that is a good, 
view, by the way. You should not desire to think of it anymore, neither desire to pursue a life of that anymore. But what it should be to you is a testimony of what God has brought you from. Amen? Brought you from that darkness. Speaking of our history, you know, there are, uh, that we, we think of uh, that word history. It's often been said it's his story, how that God worked within our life in the past. Okay? What are we learning from it? Not because of anything great that we've done, but what God has done and will still do today. Because as God's word never changes, God does not change either. Amen? He'll always remain the same. And we know that to be true. And so uh, it's the psalmist who writes and says that he finds truth in history. And he's speaking of the mistakes. He's speaking of these sins of Israel and the judgment of God that was brought to them. We understand tonight that God's word is a revelation, his, God's revelation of himself. Uh, you know, some parents go so far as to say, well, I'm not going to force religion on my children. Uh, I'm going to let them make their own, make up their own minds. And uh, when they're old enough, if they decide that they want to go to church, if they decide that they want to believe in God, well, uh, then that's good enough. I'm not going to force or indoctrinate my children uh, in any way. Could I say to you, there's power, there's power in your her Christian heritage, your own way, how that God brought you to Christ, let alone the story of how that Christ brought you to where you are today. It should never be thought little of the fact that uh, you can tell anything more than where God brought you from to where you are today. Parents, is it, of, it is of great importance that we tell the next generation of how we came to know about Christ. Amen. Some of us come from, uh, and are blessed to come from a Christian home where we can go so far to say that our parents were Christians and our grandparents were Christians and our great-grandparents are Christians. Tell your children of that. Make a big deal about what God has done in your family. Don't, don't think little of that. Don't think of it as something uh, that, oh, well, my, if my children are interested in and they ask about it, then I'll tell them. No, make much of it in your home. Amen? The psalmist says, give ear. There's a boldness speaking to be heard. You know, uh, we, we, I'm no perfect parent by any means, but I, I can say this much for parents across the board, that parents have become too shallow when it comes to the Word of God. Amen? When it comes to the things of God. They're not speaking boldly the Word of God and teaching boldly the things of God. And as a result, parents are wondering, well, why are my children not in church? Why are my children not living for God when they themselves haven't let the word of God change their own life? And I say to you, if you're ever going to reach the next generation, it has to begin first in your own life. Amen? If the house of God, if the word of God, if a relationship with God is not important to you, that you set aside your time, talents, and treasures to make it a priority, it's not going to be for the next generation. If it's not an importance in your home, it's not going to be an importance for your children. And it will become of even lesser importance for their children. Christians, are we making a priority for the next generation? Amen? I, I, you know, um, the, there's a reason why we pick up boys and girls and bring them to church, not just for the sake of picking them up. Yes, that they would be reached with the gospel, but, but ultimately that they would come to a, a, such a growing knowledge of Christ where they would surrender their life to God and, and God would so change their life that they would, 
then begin a new life in Christ from a young age and choose to surrender to him and, and obey him and all that they say and do for the remainder of their life. That's, that is what we seek to instill in a child who does not have Christian parents. And yes, it, it, it should be just as important, just as important for mothers and fathers to instill that in their children just the same. Amen? The Bible tells us that we should speak of those dark sayings of old. Speak of, the, uh, of our history. Speak of how that God brought us from where we were to where we are today. Speak to that next generation. Number two, speak of uh, the goodness of God. Speak of the goodness of God. In verse number four, the word of God says, we will not hide them from their children. We, we will make it known, in other words. Showing to the generation to come, notice, the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. The two opposite things here. The life of sin, but now a life with Christ. We're going to speak these things, the psalmist says. We're going to tell these things to the next generation. We're going to tell the mercy, the grace, and the power of God. We're going to tell how that he changes lives. We're going to tell how that his word has changed our life. And parents, hey, teachers, hey, your, your children are maybe not in your home anymore, but it should be an, an emphasis of our church to reach the next generation with the same focus. Amen? The same kind of focus. Let's tell the praises of the Lord, of his strength, of his wonderful works that he had done. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, the word of God says that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You want to know something? If you're, if you're wondering how that you can reach your own child, your own children, or the next generation uh, for Christ, you just tell them about the goodness of God. And you keep telling them about the goodness of God. And you make much about the goodness of God because it's the goodness of God that leads any individual to repentance. Boy, when someone gets a hold of who God is, you remember the day you got a hold of who God is in your life and that he died for you and that he made a way of salvation possible for you? And the moment that you put your faith and trust in Christ, you knew that you now had a peace that passes all understanding and that eternal home that's promised to you in heaven. It is that which is the, that goodness of God that brought you to repentance. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Aren't you thankful for the goodness of God? Christian, make much of the goodness of God. Make much of the goodness of God. We tell of those dark days of old, but we tell much of the goodness of God. In Proverbs 30, why don't you turn there with me? Keep your finger in Psalm if you're still there, but Proverbs 30 and verse number 11, Solomon talks about the, the, this um, subject concerning the generations. Proverbs 30 and verse number 11. The word of God says, There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. So in other words, there's a generation void of natural affection that's defiant to parental authority. Verse 12, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. The Bible tells us there's a generation that has no moral standards, no spiritual values. Verse 13, there is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. One that is haughty and proud, a generation that is full of pride. Verse 14, there is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaws and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. We're talking about a generation of violence, of crime, uh, of uh, we, we see today terrorists, those that will stop at nothing. 
this is the generation that we live in today and will continue to be waxing worse and worse. But I say to you, speak much of the goodness of God. Amen? Speak much of the goodness of God. Let's look number three. We're to speak of our history. We're to speak of the goodness of God, but we are to speak, thirdly, of healthy living. Speak of healthy living. Look at verse number seven. And back in Psalm 78, the Word of God says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carry bows, turned back in the day of battle. You see, the character of their fathers was just that. It was stubbornness. It was rebellion. It was everything other than righteous living. It was everything other than healthy living. And I say to you, Christian, make much of a healthy Christian life. You know, I, I had a pastor talking with me, it's probably been a year ago now, we were talking about what defines a healthy church. Uh, different things within a church that are healthy, that are beneficial, that should be the emphasis. And you, you, what is the church? What defines a church? Well, it's the people. And what, what makes a church a healthy church? Well, it's that people within their homes are seeking to live righteously. They are seeking to live healthy, spiritually healthy lives. Amen? Lives that are not of sin, lives that are of obedience to God. In Psalm 127, verse 3, the Bible tells us, Lo, children are inherited of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Parents, I speak to you again. God has ordained you as a parent, as a father, as a mother, to raise your children to serve the Lord. That is to be of the highest priority at this season in your life, that next generation to come. Speak much of healthy living. The greatest way to speak much of healthy living is to lay it out as an example, to live it out. <laughs> you, you are seeking to live a healthy life so that your children and your children's children can do the same. In Deuteronomy 6, we were already there, but verse 6, the Word of God says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Hey, what are you teaching diligently to your children? Talk about and our emphasis this year is diligently seeking God, faithfully, consistently, uh, without, any, um, uh, with, without any hesitation. We're just diligently seeking God. Well, are we so diligently teaching our children the things of God, healthy living, amen? Hey, that should be the, the goal of a church that we would speak of healthy living, that what a living for Christ uh, that uh, is according to God's word. Uh, Brother Scott Pauley was one of my instructors as well as uh, I would call, say, in many ways a mentor to me and taught many of my um, uh, classes and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, he said this, if you want to change a nation, reach a generation. I think that's very good. If you want to change a nation, reach a generation. Too many Christian sit-ins and uh, look at our nation and they say, well, look at the direction that we're going. Well, what are you doing to reach the next generation? I mean, I've been talking to parents a lot tonight as, and what, those with younger children, but hey, your, your children, maybe they're not in the home right now. What are you doing to reach the next generation? A moment ago, we had our second and third generations raise their hand in our church. What are you doing to reach them? That they would so see the model of healthy living, of righteous living, 
that they would then model that in their own life just the same. Hey, we'll take it back to another angle. Uh, don't forget what your parents have taught you <laughs> in your home. Many of us, I'm talking to many of us who have come from Christian homes, whom our parents are believers in Christ. Do we take the word of God and obedience to the word of God with just as much seriousness as they did? I can tell you this much, you come from a Christian home, they had, whether it was of uh, higher uh, emphasis than one to the other, there was an emphasis of God. Otherwise, you wouldn't have come to a saving knowledge of Christ. But do you take the things of God with the same level of importance, the same priority? Mark chapter 10, verse 13 God places the emphasis on that next generation speaking concerning children. And he says, and the word of God says, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and bless them. You see, God placed an emphasis on reaching that next generation. Yeah, it's interesting. Adolf Hitler said this, show me those who own the young and I will show you those who are determining the future. Show me those who own the young and I will show you those who are determining the future. What are you doing to reach the next generation? Are you seeking to reach those who are younger than you? I want you to understand this, parents, as well as uh, young parents, as well as older parents. If we don't reach them, if Community Bible Church doesn't reach them, if you don't reach them uh, in your own Christian life, the world will. The world will teach them. What does the world teach? Well, the, the world emphasizes abortion rather than teaching the next generation. We're killing the next generation. The world the world would offer drugs, that which we would find uh, an addiction and maybe a, a level of peace that, that is thought to not be found anywhere else. The world would offer pornography, uh, a, 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 which attacks the next generation's minds and the innocency of, of young people. We could go on and on, abusers and on, all these different things. If we don't reach them, the world will. So we come back even to the thought of this morning. Are we a light for Christ? But I say to you, the psalmist places the emphasis I believe we should also. We don't just reach the next generation for the purpose of reaching them, but that they would then reach the next, and the next would reach the next, and on and on and on and on. And unfortunately, what, what sometimes, not in every case, happens in good Bible-believing churches is you have a church that's filled with generations of families, but families who didn't teach the next generation. And as a result, the second, the third, the fourth generations become less and less faithful to the house of God. And as a result, the doors of the church close because there's less and less importance that the following generation makes. Wherever you fall, whether you, can, you see yourself, uh, whether your parents are still living, Hey, lean on, glean what they had to give to you. <laughs> Whether you are a parent yourself and you're raising children currently right now, seek to reach that next generation. 
Maybe your children are long grown and gone. They've been out of the house for a while. Maybe God has not ever given you children at this time in your life. How are you reaching the next generation? Let's have your head bowed and every eye closed. We're talking about